0: Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we check in with the head coach of the Winnipeg Blues, Harris McEwen, on their good start to the MJHL season. We'll find out from Winnipeg Suns' Ted Wyman what the plans are for curling this year, and Andrea Cates of Fit Communications on the upcoming Girls and Women in Sport virtual series. That's all on the podcast. And let's move now to the Manitoba Junior hockey leagues we're joined by the head coach and gm of the winnipeg blues terrence McEwen. Taryn, how are you doing tonight
1: uh not too bad and yourself
0: good so the four games into the season three wins a shootout loss is that uh pretty well as good as the first four games could have gone
1: <laughs> yeah nor uh we had a real good start first good uh first weekend we played uh played real well and then uh Obviously, this weekend both games were uh, were real tight, and um, you know that's that's what I expected. Um, I didn't think that uh, you know they played their best hockey the first weekend. So, um, but our, our team played uh, really well, and um, you know it was a tough one Friday night to lose in the shootout. But um, you know we we're happy to get a point and then uh, get the win on Saturday.
0: All four games against Selkirk: a five three win, a six one yeah. win, a three two shootout loss, and then a two one win how unique is this season because you're going to end up playing the same teams in blocks, right? Your next four games yeah. all against the Winnipeg freeze. It's almost like a mini playoff series where you kind of yeah. feel each other team, all these other teams out. Is it not?
1: Yeah, that's how, uh, that's how we approach, um, each series was we just can uh, consider it a, a playoff series. So, um, yeah, it's very unique. Um, you know, similar to, uh, a university schedule where you practice all week, your practices are kind of week to week is a very similar schedule. And then uh, games on the weekend, um, you know, it's uh, from a coach's standpoint, it's uh, it's a lot of fun because uh, you get to do a lot of preparation and you have to make adjustments, you know, each game and every game, you're trying to come up with some things that are a little bit different on the special teams or, or whatever it might be. So, um, you know, the first, the first series was interesting to go through and, um, you know our, our players are just real excited to to get back into some game action, and, and it was good for the coaching staff to to go through it as well. And um, yeah, next uh, next up is the is the freeze here for force or um, just kind of final preparations um, today before our uh, games this weekend.
0: Well, and another part of that is yeah, you had four straight games against one team, but you had a week in between. So ninth and tenth, you play the yeah. games, and then sixteen, seventeen. So you have that five day stretch to really take what you learned from those previous games and prepare again for the same team.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what, that's what makes the games that much better is, um, you know, if you have some guys that are a little banged up or whatever it might be from the, from the weekend, they, they get that five days rest. So they're, once we hit these two games on the weekend, the games have been, uh, have been real good. Um, you know, Selkirk, both teams were, Real high tempo, high pace, and, you know, that's to be expected this weekend going into the freeze. So, um, you know, from uh, standing on the bench, it's been uh, real fun to coach, and it's also been real fun to watch, just uh, the level of play here over the last couple weeks.
0: Now you're taking on the freeze, this expansion team kind of coming out of the same yeah. building. You don't have to go anywhere for a while, as you've got the all four games at the Ring Training Centre. You don't have a road game until the 6th of November. Is that nice to have all these games in one spot like that?
1: Yeah, no, it's uh, it is it is nice. Um, it's definitely uh, very competitive. We see the Freeze uh, where I see them uh, every day. You know, they they are in the same building as we are. Um, the coaches are in the same building as we are. So um, it's definitely a rivalry, and um, either team wants to lose. And um, you know, we had the upper hand in exhibition, but. Um, you know they gained a lot of experience. They're a young team. That's, you know, they were an expansion team, so they got a lot of young players, a few veterans on their team. Um, the first four games, obviously the one uh, on Sunday, got moved, but um, they gained a lot of experience, and I'm expecting a better effort from them. Um, from them, what we saw in exhibition, so it'll be a, it'll be a good test for our guys and a good battle. But yeah, it's always nice when you can stay in your own rink or in our own room, you know, for all four games and um definitely uh definitely nice on the coaching staff and and our uh training staff and everything to have it in one building
0: is there a big brother little brother feel to the blues freeze <laughs> rivalry
1: i don't know i don't know about that i don't want to say that and then all of a sudden uh they step up like they're uh they play real hard that's you, you can't take those guys lightly and um they showed that against Steinbach. um if, if you take them lightly they every night that i've uh, just watching them on video and then through exhibition they uh they come out they play real hard josh has done a real good job with those guys um over these first couple of weeks but yeah you definitely uh we don't want to give them their first win number 1 but we uh being in the same building we definitely don't want to lose uh, to them at all so it'll be uh i'm expecting some close games and um you know it'll be a lot of fun this weekend
0: what's the game day experience like in this pandemic age we're in how what different is it from normal
1: yeah it's uh it's a lot different from a a spectator's um viewpoint for sure just with all the the protocols coming to the rink um obviously uh you know getting your ticket is all online and and that's what we've been telling everybody especially with uh kind of the last what's going on here in the last week um when we've gone down to 25%. So all of our tickets are online. Um, once you enter the building, you go through uh, through our protocols. So um, all your screening questions, temperature check-ins, um, and then uh, we have ushers around the building making sure that everyone's um, physically distanced um, while watching the game. But um, while you're while the game's on and and you're in your seat, it's it's uh, it's back. It feels like normal a little bit. You get to watch some hockey, and like I said, the games have been uh, have been real good, real competitive. And with those uh, week-long breaks, the, the players are uh, real excited every weekend when we approach, you know, the game. So um, I think it's been a real good uh, good for the fans and spectators to watch some live hockey. And once you get in and get into your seats, it's it's uh, it's kind of being it's a little bit back to normal, which has been good.
0: Well, if you look around North America, there's really not a lot of hockey going on.
1: No, no, no. It's uh, and that's just a, a, a positive from the MJHL. They've done a great job, you know, getting the league started this year and and uh, with our guidelines and protocols, working with them. Um, you know, it's hats off to the to the MJHL for for doing all this, and our players as well. They've done a great job with all the protocols and guidelines. Um, You know, showing up to the rink every day when you have to go through the screening and everything can be a a little repetitive, but our players have a real good understanding that, you know, if they want to play this year and um, that this is what they have to do and they've really bought in and and done a good job um, so far. So um, both MJ and our players all around the league have done a really good job.
0: Now I often hear that bus trips, long road trips are a big part of the bonding experience in hockey. You don't have nearly as many this year obviously because most of your games are are close geographically. You do go to OCN January 15th and 16th. Of course, we we'll see what the weather's like, but is it a little bit different from a bonding experience just because of all the the changes?
1: Yeah, definitely. It's uh it's definitely made it a lot tougher just to get the team together, um, build that team chemistry. And I mean, the, the practice time has really helped us with that. We try to do as much as we can. Obviously they're at the facility for a limited time, kind of get there. We practice, um, they have a work go and then they're kind of out of the building. So in our limited time. We try and do as much as we can on the ice, just, uh, you know, with team building, but that is part of it is the, the bus trips. You do a lot of that. So you have to be, uh, creative in in how you do some of those things so you know this year we've uh, obviously the virtual stuff is is really big right now so you have to be creative that way with um doing some team builders virtually with everybody at home and um, a lot of our video and and all that stuff you usually do in person with our team meetings now we've kind of done all that stuff virtually um so that we're not all together as much um so you definitely have to be creative it's it's not normal and that's you know that's something that uh it's just how it is for for right now, so our players have done a good job, and um, yeah, we just need to continue to be creative and and find different ways to to create that chemistry kind of through the year.
0: Are there restrictions on how much you can practice? uh
1: no no, no restrictions obviously, we practice like um, like our practice times are not normal. you usually have you know one day off a week um, with your game, so um, there's no restrictions on. On how you practice. Obviously, when you're at the rink, you can only be at the rink um, so long before your uh, before your session. You kind of got to get out right after it, so you don't have that extra time while they're at the facility to uh, to do some team ma- team meetings and stuff like that. It's kind of in you know do your practice, do your workout, and then out of the building right after. So um, that's kind of where we've had to be creative and do some different things uh, virtually and and online with them.
0: Winnipeg Blues taking on the Winnipeg Freeze tomorrow night, 7.30 puck drop at the Rink Training Center. Their head coach is Terrence McEwen. Terrence, thanks for uh, joining us tonight. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Terrence McEwen. For some reason I said Terrence. Whatever, his name is Terrence, of course. (laughs) We are into this stretch of time where sports are going to be sparse and... There's a lot of question marks all over the place for many sports, and that includes curling. And here to talk about what we might expect out of this curling season is Ted Wyman of the Winnipeg Sun. Ted, how have you been keeping busy these days?
2: <laughs> well, uh, you know, kind of searching for stories, much like you, I'm sure, Christian. It's uh, it's not as easy when you don't have games and and events to go out and cover, but you. you it's been kind of interesting how well that's turned out in some ways there's been a lot of people to talk to about various different things uh, all over the world manitobans who are doing their thing and um i've enjoyed that part of it it's just a little different
0: mm-hmm. and one of the questions we have now is how many curling events will there even be to cover throughout the end of this year and into the start of next year
2: well that's a really interesting question when it comes to curling because There are events that are going on. There's one in Winnipeg this weekend, the Atkins Curling Surprise Classic, which is at Assiniboine Memorial. I think there's 17 teams there, including men and women. Um, And there's events in Saskatchewan and Alberta and BC and Ontario. It's just that most of the teams are sticking to their local uh, events here in the time leading up to Christmas. And usually at this time of year, you've got, uh, you know, the, 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 elite curlers of our country the ones that you're seeing on tv all the time are out on the grand slam circuit out on the world curling tour circuit you know playing in pretty big money events and that's just not happening this year those things are all postponed or cancelled and so that leaves them in a situation where they're looking towards what's going to happen in 2021 now in 2020 there are no qualifying points for the olympics there's no Canadian team ranking system points is is it's kind of not that imperative for them to be playing right now, but everybody wants to try to keep busy. So there are teams out there sort of on the trail trying to get things going. But what it really comes down to is what it's going to look like in 2020. And that's what we're hearing is that there's going to be uh, potentially, it's not confirmed, of course, that there will be a bubble situation for, Kind of the remaining events on the season of champions list of uh, of events in, for curling Canada, including the Briar including the Scotties and they'll kind of come together in one big area and play all these events so again I don't know for sure that's going to happen, but it sure sounds like it will or at least it, it might and that's kind of what we're looking at it's a it's a little bit uncertain at this point, but curling has been affected as much as any any sport out there it's uh it's a very um social sport it's a very uh it, it involves a lot of traveling those things aren't happening as much
0: well and you think about the sports that aren't the big league sports but that don't have the big tv contracts that are very reliant on gate revenue and concessions and curling is definitely on that list Where Thankfully, most of these people actually have side jobs that I'm sure many were affected as well by the pandemic, but they at least have those to fall back on. But what kind of changes have we seen from teams as they try to get on the ice here?
2: Well, you're right. Most of them do have, and I don't know that they have side jobs. I think most of them have jobs. and curling. Right. Is this is side their side job, thing, right? yes. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. some people, prefer, there are certainly curlers in this country there's no question that curling is their number one source of income. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Um, most of the people do have other things that they do, but uh, it, it's, it's, it's very difficult for them. It, it's hard to please your sponsors when you don't have the exposure that you used to have. Um, and I know with some of the teams, uh, for instance, Mike McEwen's team out of Winnipeg, they haven't even played in an event yet. They're looking towards playing next month in, uh, in Penticton. But they really haven't been on the ice. They probably would have played five or six events already by now. And they would normally play maybe 10 or 12 events before Christmas. This year they might play two or three. That's a pretty big difference. Uh, as opposed to that, in in a sense, you look at the Kevin Cooey team out of Alberta. They're doing things a little differently. They've sort of worked to organize a couple of events themselves with their sponsors, where they're inviting sort of the elite teams of Alberta to come and participate. And then they've also created this thing they call Kootube, which is their own uh, Facebook Live channel, which pretty much shows what they're doing, kind of like in a 24-7 fashion, and also shows all their games and has uh, commentary. It's not that TSN or Sportsnet quality, but it is pretty good you know and they've got a they've got a production company there putting all that together i think that's what these teams are looking at is they just have to be innovative they have to come up with ways to make it work uh cuz they can't do it the way they used to do it and uh, and in ontario they've created a bubble in in kitchener waterloo where they've done i think this will be their fourth event coming up this weekend Uh, in four and five weeks and that's pretty much been the place where all the curling events have been held and teams have come there and they've all learned how to deal with it and so yeah there's some people doing things the right way to try to make it all happen but it is very different from what we've been grown to accept
0: and i think we have grown to accept as well lesser video quality in this time we've seen a lot of late night shows with zoom interviews and we've kind of been okay with the the quality of what we've seen to some degree if you're watching it on your phone or watching it on a computer but it's it's something that we're the way I look at this right now is there any kind of advantage to being a top flight team compared to somebody who would be you know just scraping to qualify for the Manitoba Scotties or the Vitera? do you think there's an even bigger gap now between the the haves and the have-nots because of this
2: That's really hard to say, man. What I do know is that there's four teams in this country that already have their uh, spots in the Olympic trials locked up, and that's uh, Terry Anderson of Manitoba, Rachel Holman, Brad Dushu, and uh, John Epping. They're the only ones that have it locked up. The rest of the teams in this country who are even interested in trying to get to the Olympics, which I think it's all of the high-performance teams, all of the teams that are gunning to try to be among the elite teams, they're all searching for that possible spot in the Olympic trials, which is supposed to be next November in 2021. But they have no way of earning any points towards that. They can't qualify. They can't do anything right now. Um, It's a a crazy situation for those teams. And it's crazy for Curling Canada because they don't know how to award these points at the moment, you know. This is why Curling Canada is so fixed on trying to come up with a solution to make sure that they actually can have the Briar and the Scotties and maybe the Canada Cup and the Mixed Doubles Curling uh, Canadian Championship, events that are important in terms of qualifying towards the Olympic trials. And so I do believe that they're looking at doing a bubble, like I mentioned before, I've heard from many people that that the primary target for that bubble would be Calgary at uh, Canada Olympic Park. And if they can pull it off, it probably would be very different, probably just a made-for-TV event. They, They don't quite have the resources of the NHL to do that, but it would be something that would salvage what could be a very, very difficult year for the sport.
0: I think if this was not an Olympic year, that might be different. But the fact that the roar of the rings are supposed to be in 14 months, that changes the urgency of all this. Does it not?
2: Oh, it, it sure does. I mean, it seems like that's still a long way off, but we just don't know. Uh, we have no idea what it's going to look like in in three months, four months, six months, 10 months. The Olympics themselves, especially the ones in Japan this summer, are no guarantee at this point. And then you're only six months later that you're looking at having the next Olympics in Beijing. So there's so much on the line coming up. We do hear some promising things, Christian. You know, we did hear today about these rapid tests that are expected to be rolled out at airports in Canada, which I think would change things a little bit obviously in terms of international travel but I don't know how much it would change it in terms of uh, of just traveling around the country domestically and and what it would do for curling you know the curling been in, in basically you're talking December of 2021 the Olympic trials right now those are those are supposed to be in Saskatoon in 2021 and right now you're looking at a situation where teams in Saskatchewan are not even allowed to leave the province. They are not allowed to compete out of province and be sanctioned by uh, the curling Saskatchewan. So that is a very long way to go before we're able to get back into something that looks like normal.
0: They're just holding their own little mini spiels against one another, right?
2: Right. And a, a lot of those have been organized by the Matt Dunstone team and and some of the other high-level teams there in Saskatchewan, and, and good on them for doing it. And I think that's what they've done in Alberta as well. Haven't seen as much of that in Manitoba, but they are competing. Like Jason Gunlickson's team is competing this week at the Atkins. Some of the younger teams, uh, Jacques Gauthier and Ryan Weed, guys that we saw in the in the uh, Viterra Championship last year, are also competing. So good to see people out there and, and getting involved. But again, it's just not... The same, and you know, I don't think Jason Gunnell's team is going to travel much this year. The McEwen team has said that they're looking at going to Penticton in November, which is going to be the biggest event on the calendar in 2020. It has an $84,000 purse. That's the absolute biggest. In a normal year, there's a hundred thousand purses at every Grand Slam, and there'd be at least four of them before Christmas. Things have really changed.
0: Absolutely, and we'll be keeping an eye on things as the world moves along and the curling world moves with it. Ted Wyman, appreciate your time as always. Thanks for this.
2: Always a pleasure, Christian.
0: We're going to focus on an upcoming speaker series. The Canadian Sports Centre, Manitoba, and Fit Women and Girls have brought together the leading experts on girls and women in sport in Canada for the Girls and Women in Sport Virtual series and with us is andrea cates the founder of fit communications andrea welcome to the show
3: hi thanks so much for having me on
0: so tell us more about this uh, event how many speakers have you brought in for this
3: so it's actually going to be five days in total or five sessions, but each session will have one to two different speakers. So in total, there is about eight, um, eight to ten speakers that are going to be sort of sharing their thoughts in five different subject areas with regards to girls and women in sport in Canada.
1: And
0: what subjects are you going to be tackling?
3: So um, the first one's going to be all about uh, keeping girls in sports. So why do girls get involved? What do they do? Why are they staying? And what can we as parents, coaches, administrators do to keep them involved and excited about sport? Um, the second is coaching the female athlete. And so that's, um, you know, really just sort of distinguishing the differences between how to coach girls and how to coach boys because they aren't coached the same and they don't respond the same and not that one is better or worse, but we have to make sure that we coach them differently because they're, they're, they're there for different things. Um, Careers in sport is another one that I think will be really amazing. So um, of course there's coaching in sport and you know professional athletes but there are other things that you can do you could do media you could do broadcast you could be an administrator government there's so many different aspects of sport that you can be involved in you know either after a athletic career or um, you know getting it started while you're still an athlete um, why girls participate so there's there's you know it's, it's very different at different ages and different stages of life um, as to sort of even what gets them started so we really want to look at what is getting them involved because girls are not involved in sport at the rate um that we want them to be involved in canada and around the world really um, so we really want to take a good look at why they are being um, why they are participating and what can we do more so that more girls are participating and then we'll cap the whole thing off with a session on mental health as it relates to girls in sports which i think will be super interesting uh, leah ferguson who's an olympian uh, she's with the wrestling team for canada at the olympics um, had a few struggles and sort of what she went through and uh, Dr. Adrienne Leslie Toogood, who um, worked with her um, on her mental health aspects of uh, going through sport and that sort of a thing, will be um, sort of showcasing that session with her um, and really having a good look at the mental health elements and aspects of sport.
0: Who else have you brought in for speakers?
3: Um, our speaker list includes Addie Miles, um, Jennifer Botterell, uh, John Rempel, Leah Hextall. Venma uh, Hovey, Chandra Crawford, Gabriela Estrada, and Allison Sandmyers graves So a lot of um, across Canada people, so we have some Olympians in there, we have some coaches in there, we have some uh, CEOs and administrators, so lots of different backgrounds and how they got to working or being involved in the sport is a really diverse way of kind of looking at it. So we really wanted to make sure that we had that diversity in terms of of what they're doing in sport, how they got involved, and what they're doing now. So we have a a really good wide-angle lens look at what's happening for girls in in sport in Canada.
0: In putting this together, Andrea, who is your target audience for this?
3: That's a great question. So when we first sat down with the Canadian Sports Centre of Manitoba, we really wanted to look at what subject areas are really needed um, and sort of um, needed to be spoken about. And so we came up with that list first um, and then we looked at, okay, well, and who are the the leading experts or who would we really want to, you know, get some inspiration from in those talks? And then making sure that we have a nice, wide audience. I mean, coaches is the obvious one that would be, you know, somebody that is coaching, whether you're coaching a high-performance team or a rec league, soccer league, it doesn't really matter. You still want to make sure you're learning about this entire topic area. But there's so many other um, people that are involved in with girls in sports. So phys ed teachers is a huge one that we think is, is a good one. Parents, you know, we want to make sure that parents understand the mental health things that are going on with girls in sport what to do um, you know, to keep their girls or get them involved in sports. Administrators, so government levels, anybody that's really um, in, in any sort of way involved in sport with girls or women um, are sort of who we want to uh, reach out to and join us for, this, um, for these sessions in November.
0: Because I know it would probably be very helpful to a lot of people in charge of things to get a mm-hmm. female perspective on issues.
3: Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a different perspective, right? And I think that any time we're, we're trying to learn about any subject area, we want to learn from it from a wide variety of, of people and perspectives and backgrounds. And I think that this will be a really great way to showcase that for what we can do better um, as, you know, again, media, administrators, parents, coaches um, for supporting and getting girls involved in sport.
0: And is there a cost for this?
3: There is. So you can do all um, all five days um, if you're interested. So it starts on November 3rd and it runs until November 19th. So sometimes there's one a week and sometimes there's two a week. If you want to do all five sessions, the cost is $75. Or you can pick and choose if there's, you know, with one certain area that you. Um, are a little bit more interested in or two, that's fine too. And then that's $20 per session. So, the, I mean, obviously it's a, the bulk buy, I guess, is is the way that we would really love to see people come um, because you're just getting such a wide gamut of information and speakers and knowledge. Um, but if, you know, your schedule doesn't allow it or there's just, you know, one area that is more interesting to you than others, then, then we can definitely um, make that work as well.
0: And now when it's uh, per participant, is that, since it's virtual, is that kind of you could buy it for your computer and then five people crowd around it?
3: Well, we hope that people don't do that. Um, but yes, I mean technically it is it is a virtual conference. Just we when we first started out um, planning this, we knew that with COVID starting in March, that virtual conferences was going to obviously probably be the way to go for quite some time. And thankfully, that's sort of how we've gone through it. So it is it is all through Zoom. Um, and so there is, um, you know, you'll, you'll receive a Zoom link when you register for either the one session, two or five that you decide to, to go with. Um, and then you can do it from home or the office or your phone or wherever is most convenient for you. But we really wanted to make sure that, of course, we're, we're sticking with all the COVID regulations and rules. And it also then opens up um, the doors more to people outside of Winnipeg. So there's no travel involved. Um, and and that kind of a thing. So it's, it makes it, you know, a lot easier to, you know, sit at your computer from noon till one versus traveling or, or the time that it takes to go to a, a live event.
0: So these are, will be happening kind of throughout November?
3: That's correct. So the first one starts November 3rd. They all are at noon, um, and they'll wrap up within the hour. Um, and then so they're November 3rd, 10th, 12th, 17th, and the last one is on November 19th.
0: And if people want more information or if they want to register, where do they go?
3: Absolutely. So you can go to the Canadian Sports Centre of Manitoba website, which is www.cscm.ca. And they have a link right on the front page of theirs. Or you can go to our website as well, which is fitcommunications.ca. And you'll find a link on the front page there as well to get more information um, and to register.
0: Andrea Cates is the founder of Fit Communications. Thanks for your time tonight and good luck with this.
3: Thanks so
0: much. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell. Or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I dig you're out of luck. But Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?